Well, good evening. Hey, uh, there's a couple couples here. Happy anniversary, Paul and Stacy. 14 years. What's the deal here? And Rob? And 14 years, right. Hey, look at that. I think it's, it's the right. Congratulations. Well, that's wonderful. And uh, certainly honored to be with you tonight. Um, uh, I'm excited that normally sometimes we'd bring the youth over, but I decided to leave the youth over there tonight. Wanted to have one of our young men speak, Tori is going to be is over there sharing as we speak, and he's going to do a great job. I've already heard him share before. And uh, what we're trying to do is raise up a team of, of uh, youth leaders that can do the work of the ministry, right? That's what God's called us to do, is raise up people to do the work of the ministry. And so uh, he's over there speaking as we speak right now, and uh, excited about that. Just to give you a, a, a quick, quick update on what's going on in St. Augustine, a lot of good things have happened have been happening, except here's the thing. We have uh, we've traveled so much. Some, somebody said, well, how do you like St. Augustine? And I said, I'll let you know if I can stay there 10 consecutive days. And uh, just the way things have been happening, we, we've been traveling a lot, but yet there's still been a lot of great ministry happening. We're connecting with a lot of local pastors. We've already helped come alongside a couple churches in St. Augustine and, and, and help them develop some life groups, and they're having their own life groups now come alongside pastors, encouraging them, praying with them. I pray every week with a group of pastors that are in St. Augustine. Uh, How many of you know it's very important uh, for leaders to come together and to pray? And so um, um, anyway, so we we, we do that. Uh, We're developing um, uh, ministry in our condo complex. There's a lot of folks that are pre-churched or unchurched or de-churched, however you want to say. I like pre-churched, right? Pre-Christians. And so we're having an opportunity to, to share with them. We had a Thanksgiving outreach. We had about 30 folks showed up to that. And uh, we just started loving on them and, and, and witnessing and sharing the, the great hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And people are starting to look to us as pastors of the condo complex. They have a need. You know, some people that don't even know who God is or know Christ, they're, they're asking us to come pray for them and, and, and encourage them and be there for them. So... How many of you know when you become a light in a dark area, it dispels darkness? Now, I was going to talk about that today, but I think I, I, I'm going to go in a different direction today. I was going to talk about us being lights in the end times. And uh, felt, uh, though, uh, it seems as if there's a lot, when you get into the Christmas season, sometimes the enemy can do a whopping on your head. You know what I'm talking about? Things happen. Maybe memories, regrets, circumstances, maybe not being with family, maybe that's happening. Sometimes uh, inordinate sickness happens, things you didn't prepare for. You know, you're, you're excited about having a celebration uh, of Christ's birth and, and, and Christmas, and sickness comes, you know. Just stuff happens to, to, to really work on you. And so, and so having instead of having the joy that, you should have and ought to have. Sometimes you have, you, you feel like you're in the mully grubs. Anybody know what the mully grubs is? All right. You know, that's an old term. I said that with the kids and they're saying, oh, what? <laughs> you know, but you're in the mully grubs or you're not feeling as joyous as you ought to or you're feeling downcast or sometimes the enemy's working on you through your, through your physical health. 
So tonight I want to talk about God's uh, healing, God's kingdom provision in healing. Okay, so I, 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 since we're going to go that direction tonight, we're going to talk about healing tonight. Um, we shared this uh, some weeks ago, and uh, actually uh, around the, f- the first week in September, I was up in North Carolina, and we saw a number of people get healed. And um, I like to believe that God is in the healing business. How many of you believe that? And so I, th- I think we're going to go that direction tonight. Um, like I said, I had a couple different directions uh, that you can go. You know, God's Word is so good, right? You can go so many different directions. And uh, uh, I'll be honest with you, I've, uh, for a number of years, I've never had preacher's block. Why is that? Because His Word is so good, and He's so good that He wants to give His Word to His people, right? And you're His people, right? So anyone that's a, a, a leader or a speaker to His people it will never be have a dearth of the ability to share God's word to his people, right? Amen? So I'm excited about that. So so um, we're going to go this direction because I just want to, I feel like I want to, I, I just want to encourage you tonight, okay? Not to say the other messenger wasn't encouraging, but I, I want to encourage you in the area of healing because um, the word says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So in order to activate our faith, we need to have the word of God richly dwelling within us to activate our faith. Because faith and God's Word are, are intricately connected, okay? So you need to have both. And, and so I want us to have, I want, us, I want to build your faith so that you can believe God to do what He needs to do. Some of you, you have family members. Some of you are, are, are physically dealing with stuff right now as we speak. Some of you are dealing with fam, uh, other family members. Maybe they're going through a real difficult time. And we need to believe that God can bind up the brokenhearted and make folks whole. Amen? That's he's, he's, he's in that business. So I want to do that. There's a lot more I can say about St. Augustine, what God's doing, but I just wanted to jump right into this because I want us to uh, get right into what he would have us to share tonight. So let, let's pray. Lord, you're good. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for Rob and the leadership there. Thank you for these couples that are celebrating 14 years. Bless them. Give them another 14 and then another 14, and then another 14. And, Father, we pray, God, that you would help us tonight. Lord, help Tori as he's about ready to speak to the young people over there tonight. Give him uh, your word, your rhema word for this group of people. And, Lord, as we speak tonight, I pray that your healing hand would be upon your people, that you would heal people even through your word. In the name of Jesus, amen. Um, Can somebody get me a little bit of water? I I don't know why I'm, I'm dry tonight. Not that I'm nervous, I'm just dry for some reason, and uh, that'll help me. Um, you know, something I've been thinking a lot about, and my wife and I are, are think a lot about the idea of health, healing, divine health, and how, how all this relates to the kingdom of God. You know, it does relate to the kingdom of God, you know that. And how it relates to the kingdom of God or kingdom of Jesus manifested in our earth. You know, God wants to take his kingdom which is a, a heavenly one, and have it manifested in our earth, right? In your realm, in your sphere of influence, where you walk, who you, who you talk with. God wants to have his kingdom manifested in us. And part of that is health, healing, and divine health. Phil, you're a good man. 
by the way, this looks great, man. I'm, I, I feel like I'm, I don't know where I'm at, but I feel like I'm somewhere. <laughs> Transported into time. All right, there we go. Okay, now, so, and I think sometimes we dismiss the part of the gospel, whether we do it consciously or subconsciously, or we relegate it to mostly when Jesus walked the earth. You've got to understand, part of the good news, or uh, the vast majority of the good news, involved healing. Jesus came, and he healed folks. And see, a lot of times we think the good news is just words spoken. You know, evangelism. You know, the gospel preached. Well, the gospel preached, for the most part, the way Jesus did it, was he healed folks. That was the gospel. And I'm going to prove that to you in just a second. But uh, so, so sometimes we have to get out of the mentality of, of you know, the Apostle Paul said that, that, our, that our faith or our gospel is more than just words. You know, it consists of power, you see. And so... The greatest way that we can be a witness or a testimony to the world is that if we're walking in the power of the gospel. And again, it's more than just, you know, you know, speaking in tongues and shabahaba on somebody and, and, and you know, knocking them down. It, it's, it's way more than that. It's, it's walking in that divine health and, and walking in that presence that you know that God is, is, is in the healing business. God, and we're not only talking about physical healing, we're talking about emotional, mental Social healing. Okay, so we're going to talk about this. So, uh, so in theory, now we believe in healing, but in reality, we see very little of it. Right? We say we believe in healing. Yeah, I want to be healed. Everybody, but we don't see that much of it in, in, in the United States. Now, in developing countries, you do see healing. Why is that? They have no alternative except to believe in God. Go to certain places in Africa, certain places in Central America, certain places in South America, certain other places, they have no other alternative but to trust God. Either God does or he doesn't. Plain and simple. You can't go to the doctor. You can't get medication. You can't fix it. God either does or he doesn't. So they trust him, and so they see a lot of healing. Of course, they see a lot of devils cast out. They see a lot of stuff happen because they have no other alternative. You see? I think sometimes we... There's, there's a day coming, probably, we're not going to have an alternative. Either God does or he doesn't. Either we believe him or we don't. Right? And so um, these type of things. So um, so before I get into our text in uh, Mark chapter 3, I want to reference you to Luke 4, 18 and 19. <clears throat> Luke, Dr. Luke. Now, Luke was written by a doctor, a little medical doctor, who was called to... Um, actually uh, conscripted by, um, by some wealthy people, Theophilus is one of them, to um, write the lives and teachings of Jesus and also write the Acts of the Apostles. Acts of the Apostles and Luke are basically book one and book two. Luke, Dr. Luke, Luke one is book one. Uh, Acts of the Apostles is book two. And it was, they were conscribed by Theophilus, or Luke was conscribed by Theophilus to develop this this teaching, but he was a, a literal medical doctor. And the first thing he points out in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, he, puts out, he points out that Jesus came after he had been fasting and praying and got set apart for ministry, got baptized. He comes in and comes into the temple, and he sits down, he opens up the, the scripture to a place in Isaiah, and let me, I'm getting there too, 
And he says this. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. That's the good news. He set me to proclaim the release of the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. So he sent me to preach the gospel to the poor, recovery of sight of the blind, sent me to proclaim the release of the captives, set free those who are oppressed, and lastly to proclaim the year of God's favor, or the season of God's favor. And then Dr. Luke goes on to point out later in that chapter that he did exactly what he came to earth to do. Straight away, it says that he cast out devils, and many times, understand this, sickness is connected to demonic oppression or de- de- demonic possession. Okay? Now, some people say, well, you know, can a Christian be demonic, be possessed by a, a demon? No. But I can say this. Okay? The Apostle Paul says, now may the God of peace sanctify you entirely in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body. Now, when we come to Jesus Christ as Lord, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We're saved. We're saved to the core. However, why do you think the Apostle Paul said, may the the God of peace sanctify you entirely in your spirit, in your soul, in your body? Because sometimes, even though your spirit may get the message, the soul ain't got there yet. Your soul contains your mind, your will, and your emotions. So the soul is still trying to work it out, what the spirit is, is trying to say. And connected to your soul is your body. So the body always doesn't come align in what the spirit. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak sometimes, right? Jesus said that, right? So sometimes our spirit is willing. We know what we ought to do. We know what we ought to receive. We know what we ought to believe. But our soul ain't got the message yet. Because our thinker's still broke somewhere. That's why we renew our mind with the word of God. We have stinking thinking sometimes. And, and God helps us by renewing our mind. So our thinker hadn't got it. And so if your thinker ain't right, sometimes your emotions ain't right. Right? And if your emotions ain't right, sometimes it affects your will. Right? And then if those things are not right, then they affect what's manifested out of your body. Okay? So what I'm doing is I'm trying to help walk you through some things because if you can get get your emotions right, get your spirit right, I think there might be some that will see the kind of healing they've been desiring, okay? I'm not condemning anybody if you haven't seen healing yet. I'm not presuming that you're not there. I've seen some people that have prayed and prayed and prayed for whatever reason they've had to walk through, whatever they had to walk through. I've seen some people that are far more in godly character than I, and they've had to walk through some things. But I am telling you what the gospel is. And, and the gospel, the main part of the gospel was not words. The main part of the gospel was healing and people being delivered from demons. That was it. Okay? And all the other things came. Jesus had an opportunity to preach because of what he did. And certainly God would give us an opportunity because of what, when we start to demonstrate that power that he promises to have, we can, we can do that. So, um, and let me show you. So he cast out demons, and I told you many times sickness and demonic activity were related. Cast out de- devils and healing ensued. First John 3, I'll, I'll prove it to you there. It says, the Son of God appeared for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil, which are disease, poverty, oppression, blindness, fear, division, etc. 
It says this in Acts 10.38, that Jesus went about good, went about to all the villages, went about doing good, and healing all those who were sick and oppressed by the devil. That was what he did. That was his mission. All right? That was more of his mission than what he said. I know we focus a lot of times on what he said and, and you know, the Beatitudes, or we focus on what he said in the Sermon on the Mount, we, we focus on what he said in certain other things, I am the light of the world, we talk about the great I am statements and all that. But what we forget is he did more than he said. Huh? We focus on what he said because we are people of words. We read, we study, we hear preachers, we're people of words, but he, he actually was a God of action. He, Emmanuel, God with us, he came to show us who and how God is supposed to be and how God wants to be and how God loves us. You know, so um, so again, um, so Luke four at the end says that uh, the crowds went, wanted to keep him, but he said to them, "I must preach the kingdom of God to the cities also, for I was sent for this purpose." So it wasn't that the kingdom was manifested by what he said or taught or claimed, but rather by what he actually did. Okay. So really, for us, the kingdom of God has to be because we live in a generation. That is, has heard enough words, right? You've just seen the election cycle. I'm not here to, you know, say whatever about the election cycle. But there were a lot of words floating around. Don't you agree? There's a lot of fake news going on. There's a lot of, you know. So people have heard enough words. People have heard enough sermons. In fact, I, I'm a little hesitant to give you too much of a sermon because you've heard enough sermons. And you've got a great preacher here. But if I can just give you a glimpse of hope and give you a glimpse of, of encouragement today, we can be a part of the process of what God has already been doing in your life and building. You know, you, you stand on, on the shoulders of great men, right, and, and women. And we've had the opportunity to stand on great shoulders of this, this man of God and his wife, okay, and some others. So, but it says in Luke 4, it says, so... So the kingdom of God was manifested, and manifested means this. Manifest means to make big, bring to light, uncover, okay, by what Jesus did. See, the world is looking for us to manifest this. Who's going to manifest this kingdom? You and me, all right? It's not going to be Pastor Bill, or it's not going to be, uh, you know, some in a great Christmas program, you know, uh, it's not going to be some type, it's going to be you and me manifesting the kingdom of God who is in us. Christ in us is the hope of glory, see. See, so, again, the world is tired of words because they've heard enough words, but what they haven't seen is enough people walking in the glory and displaying God. Now, that that was going to be my other message, talking about being lights into the world, but we'll, we'll, we'll save that for another time. Okay. But, so Mark 3, let's look through it, 1 through 12, Mark 3, that was my introduction, but I'll hurry along here. Mark 3, 1 through 12, now, again, remember, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, so we're going to give you the word of God. It says, he entered again into the synagogue, and there was a man there whose hand was withered, and they were watching him to see uh, if he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him, and he said to the man, with the withered hand, get up and come forward. 
And he said to them, Is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath, to save a life or to kill? But they kept silence. And after looking around at them with anger, grieved at the hardness of their heart, he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. Stretch it out. And his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately began conspiring with the Herodians against him as to how they might destroy him. Then it goes on in verse 10. It says, um, he, he told us to his disciples that a boat should be stand ready for him because of the crowd, so that they would uh, not crowd him. For he had healed many, with the result of all those who were uh, with afflictions pressed around him, in order to touch him. And whenever the clean, unclean spirits saw him, they would fall down before him, and they would say, "You're the Son of God." And he earnestly warned them not to tell who he was. So again, here Jesus is. Interesting enough, the first thing Jesus did after he went to fast and after he was released to ministry is he went to church. Okay? i got to tell you, there are some churches I'm not sure Jesus goes to. Now, he goes here. Okay? Amen? I'm excited he goes here. I wouldn't be here if he wasn't here. All right? So he's here. All right? Uh, but he, he, he would always go to church. All right? And, 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 and so it said that on he happened to show up on Shabbat or uh, which only two verses later he had dealt with the religious leaders on the true meaning of the Sabbath. Okay? See, he was dealing with them or telling them what really the Sabbath should look like, what it meant. And, and, he, and he, he said that Sabbath, the, the concept of Sabbath was man for man to rest, and he meant it for man to rest from toiling from work, from the daily struggle of life, and not be burdened with a bunch of additional man-made laws. See, what would it be like that if every time we met together as followers of Christ, every time we met together, that his tangible supernatural presence would be manifest and folks would get healed physically? Wouldn't that be something? If every time we met together, even on Wednesday night, even with a few of us, all right, even without all the instruments, even without all of the, you know, that every time we met together, the physical manifest presence of God, Okay. You know, we call that the Shekinah glory. Okay. Now, if you're from the south, you say Shekinah. Okay, but it's the Shekinah. Okay, glory. Okay, and you know that that's a that's a, a, a presence like the cloud of glory. I was going to talk to you about the Kavad glory. Okay, which is the the weighted glory manifested in the person of Christ. I mean, we're not talking about that, but wouldn't that be something at the very time we? We had the Shekinah and the Kabad glory in a place. Because when that would happen, when the weighted manifest presence of God happens in place, then we start to see stuff happen. We start to see the healings. We start to see the things that you want to see. And you want to believe God for them. See? Um, so, the, the, the first question I have to ask you, is healing accessible? Is healing accessible? Number one. Now, let's look for a moment how people were healed. Not so much how Jesus healed them, but how the people accessed it. See, it's all about accessing. We already have it, but we have to know that we can access it. Does that make sense? It's been manifested through Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's already manifested, but a lot of times you have to access what he's already done. All right? So let's talk about how we access it for a minute, or let's look at how others access it in the scriptures. So you had the, 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 the man with the withered hand, 
he had to stretch forth his hand and he was healed. His action precluded his healing. But again, this didn't bode well for the religious leaders. Why? Because it didn't fit into their religious box. See, what happens a lot of times is God wants to do things, but it always doesn't fit into the religious boxes that we construct in our mind. We think it ought to go this way. (laughs) We think it ought to happen a certain way, and God says, no, I'm going to do it a little differently, because I'm God, and you're not. I've learned two irrefutable facts. He's God, and I'm not. All right? If you can get those two things, it it works out a lot better for you in your life. And so, um, so understand this. The kingdom of God is always manifested outside the boxes we construct from religious modalities. And this is one of the reasons why we don't see more healings. That's because we have a certain way that it ought to happen. God will do it. You know, you know if he tells you to do something, you know, just like Jesus one time you know, made a little spittle of blood. You know, why couldn't he just put his hand on the guy's eyes and heal him? He made a spittle of mud, put it on his eyes, and go tell him to wash. And not only that, it took, it took the guy twice to do it. Because the first time, he didn't see very clearly. But the second time, Jesus said, go do it again. Well, why didn't he just heal him? See, sometimes the Lord works through process. And sometimes, when you think you've got him figured out, he says, oh, wait a minute, i got another one for you here. We're going to take you a different direction. We're going to go in a different angle. We're going to go in a different plan than you had planned. It's like tonight, I had planned to preach something different. But I felt... Uh, because I also believe this. I don't want to do anything apart from the will of God. And also, I don't want to do only what I feel like I want to speak like. A lot of times when I visit churches, I say, well, you know, I ask the pastor, what issue you want scratched? Because it's not about me coming up with some kind of message. It's about what I feel, what, what the pastor feels he needs to have communicated. Because sometimes the same thing that he may be saying, I may say it a little different. All of a sudden the light bulbs come on. You know? But sometimes we, we have this thing that's, uh, we get comfortable. And we kind of get used to that. And we get distracted, you know. And so sometimes every now and again it's good to have a different speaker on occasion just to come in to share some of the same things or reinforce some of the same things. So I hope I'm reinforcing some things tonight. But, um... Um, so we have to be careful about constructing boxes that we uh, that are are from previous religion mo- religious modalities, okay? And 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 so because God is always wanting to do something different, He's always wanting to do something new, and He may speak to you to do something that you've never done before that would lead to healing somebody or, or delivering somebody or encouraging somebody in a certain way. Make sense? How about the lame guy and his four friends? There was a chapter earlier in Mark 2 that there were, the house was so full that they couldn't get to Jesus. So these four guys, they had this lame friend, and this lame friend, um, or they call him cripple, however you want to say it, uh, but the guy was on a mat, couldn't walk, and they uh, paired back or brought back this, the, the saw that were on the roof. That's how they constructed the roofs back then. Brought back the sod, <laughs> lowered him in front of Jesus. Jesus said, go and take up your pallet and walk. Again, the religious leaders went nuts because it didn't fit, you know. 
because the guy was carrying his pallet on a Sabbath day. Okay. You know. And so so they did so they brought his his friend, they brought him into the presence of Jesus. Understand this. When you get in the presence of Jesus, a lot of stuff happens. Could you imagine for a moment? Maybe Rob, you've seen this before. But you can imagine if if everybody in a place, one place, one time, were totally caught up in the presence of the Lord. I think you guys have come close to it in prayer meeting. There's only like you know, 20, 25 of you, but you've come close to that. Okay? Can you imagine on a Sunday morning if everybody was just totally arrested in the presence of the Lord? Can you imagine, could you imagine what would happen here? Now, I'm not saying we don't have glimpses of it. You know, there, there, are, there, there are those times. But could you imagine if, if everybody was somehow were caught up in the presence of God? amount of manifest, manifested healing, manifested kingdom of God would be revealed in place. It would be quite awesome. I haven't quite seen that yet. We're believing that. I'm still, I'm still trying to get our, our young people to like raise one hand. No, maybe even sing. Yeah, sing songs. That would be great. Okay. Uh, so so I get that. There and There's guests and there are people that are coming in and they're like, what is going on here? You know? <laughs> so I get that. But can you imagine, it says there's that song, Let's Forget About Ourselves, Concentrate on Him, and Worship Him. Right? Let's forget about ourselves, Concentrate on Him, and Worship Him. Right? If we could do that, and we, if those of us that know better, we could walk into the presence of the Lord every time, it would go a long way to starting what we need to have started. Does that make sense? Okay, so, but... It took his four friends to lower him down into the presence of Jesus. Sometimes we need friends to help us. That's why you have church. You realize you have church not to receive a big old blessing from God. You realize you have church that so that you can help somebody and you collectively come alongside and help somebody uh, to get into the presence of Christ. That's what those four guys did. They lowered the man down into the presence of Jesus, and he was healed. That's why we have church. Huh? I hope you don't come to appease a guilty conscience. I hope you don't come because Pastor Bill bugs you a lot. You know. Where are you at? <laughs> he doesn't do that. I hope you don't come, uh, you know, because it's a thing you ought to do. I hope you come because you want to encounter the presence of Christ. And I hope you bring some friends with you so they can encounter the presence of Christ. So that's what happened there. Number two, so first off, is healing accessible? Yes, it's accessible. Number two, is healing attainable? Now, there are some that say, um, that say, well, healing, who say, well, that healing is, is, is according to God's will. I say this, is, is healing according to God's will? I say yes and no, and I'll deal with this in a moment. When I say healing is attainable, many times it's pre-dependent on attitude or the attitude of faith. Okay, do you understand that? Now we, under know, we, under, we, we know that there's a sovereign God that will do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. But we also know that healing is pre-dependent on our attitude of faith. Okay? How about the woman with the issue of blood? 
in Mark 5. Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. So she displayed the attitude that nothing was going to keep her from getting to Jesus. Nothing. Okay? It wasn't the crowds. It wasn't what other people thought. It wasn't the fact that she had had this issue of blood. And back then, uh, according to uh, uh, laws, the, the, the uh, Hebrew laws, that if somebody, if a woman was in that time of way, and this, this woman was that time away, okay, or that time of month, but it was uh, 12 years of a long month, okay, she, you're not supposed to, they're supposed to be outside the camp, okay, they were, they were, they were to, to until that seven day period or however long it took, went away. Well, this woman was in a constant state of blood flow. And she said, though, nothing was going to keep her from Jesus. The laws, religion, nothing was going to keep her from Jesus. So she went and got her healing. She touched the hem on his garment. Then how about the Gentile Seraphonician woman? Kept asking Jesus to cast the devil out of her daughter. So they capitulated. Okay? Persistent faith pays off. He made a note to the woman that your faith is great and it shall be done for you. And again, this woman was a, uh, a cast, even, even made a comment. You know, a lot of people think that Jesus was, was, was uh, uh, cutting her down by saying, you know, uh, it's not good to, to give uh, the children's bread to the little dogs. Okay? And that's what he told the woman, the Seraphonician woman. He told the woman, it's not good. And, um, and she says, but even the little dogs sit at the table away from the crumbs. You see, he says, woman, it's done for you. Why? Because she had faith. She went beyond what religion said. She went beyond what politics said. She went beyond what life said. Beyond what culture said. And she received her healing. How about the centurion's faith? He believed that Jesus... He believed Jesus to heal his son on the authority of his word. There are some times that you get the presence of God. You get the spirit of Christ is in you. But there's sometimes you got to believe. I call it teleport. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about, you know. Did, did, did you know that the actual, uh, you know, remember Star Trek? Or, yeah, Star, Star Trek. Remember how they transported, you know, you know, the, you know, and then all of a sudden the person was there? You know, of course, we saw that with the Phil, uh, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, right? That was the first case of that. But Jesus, Jesus spoke a word, and that word was translated to healing other folks. And this uh, centurion knew and said to Jesus, Hey, look, I'm a guy under authority. I understand what authority is. I command, uh, a, you know, a, a legion. Okay, or no, a hundred. Not, not, not a thousand, okay, a hundred. I, I, I command a hundred men. So I understand authority. Just speak the word. He spoke the word. And he was healed. Lastly, is healing actual? So is healing accessible? Is healing attainable? We've answered those two questions, right? Yes and yes? Yes? Okay. Is it actual? Is it attainable? I, I mean, is it uh, attainable? Is it accessible? Is it actual? Can we believe Jesus to heal us? 
Absolutely. Can you? Me? Can, can we believe Jesus deals? Absolutely. Why can't he? He can do anything. All right? Does he heal the way we hoped in every circumstance? Not always. You know? What do you think that is? Part of it is that we're working from a finite set of thinkers here. All right? Now, it does say we have the mind of Christ. Paul says, but you have the mind of Christ. But the problem is sometimes we're still not in the mind of Christ always. That's the thing. And so we're thinking with a faulty set of thinkers, but the Lord is working on us, right? May the God of peace sanctify you entirely in your spirit, your soul, and your body. So God is working it out in us. But sometimes we go through life with a faulty set of thinkers. Things happen. Disappointments happen. We thought God was supposed to do this. We prayed about this. It didn't happen the way we thought. And then it affects us, you see. So it doesn't, he doesn't always heal us, and he doesn't always heal us the way we expected. How about the guy at Solomon's porch? porch. He'd been lame 38 years, and, and Jesus came to him and said, Do you wish to get well? Oh, yeah, of course. You know, I'm one of the many sick people that are sitting here. And he goes, But here's the problem. My circumstance says that every time I go to, the, to, to get up, you know, to slide over to the to the when the the waters were stirred up, and I don't know how this all happened, but it said it in the scriptures. Okay, so I believe it, right? And the waters were stirred up, and the first one to get into the water was healed. Well, Jesus went to this other guy, this guy, and said, you know, you wish to get healed. Well, of course he did. But interesting enough, and I don't see this in scripture, but Jesus had to step over a bunch of bodies to get to the one guy. What was that? Was this guy any more special than the other bunch of bodies that were there laying around Solomon's porch? I don't see in the scripture he didn't heal everybody. He could have just said, hey, everybody's healed. But he didn't. He went to the one guy, stepping over. The one guy, do you wish to get well? And the guy said, no. He said, I wish to get well, but my circumstance prevents me. Sometimes our circumstance, we feel, presents us, prevents us from getting healed. But Jesus sometimes will circumvent your situation, just like he circumvented his situation and healed. Okay, but sometimes, and sometimes he'll step over a bunch of sick people to do it. Sometimes you just may get a kiss from heaven and you, J.K. and I were talking and he said, I know God loves you. And I said, well, I know that you're his favorite. You see, well, y'all are his favorite. But there are sometimes we don't always get the healing that we desire when we desire it. And sometimes it feels like Jesus stepped over everybody else to heal us. And sometimes we feel like we've been stepped over. I'm just saying that's how we feel it. So we know this. We know that healing is a part of God's kingdom provision for us. Can we access it? Yes, and it requires us to act by stretching out our hand and taking it just like the withered man with the withered hand. He stretched out his hand, and when he stretched out his hand, his hand was made whole. So sometimes it requires you to do something, right? It requires you to stretch out your hand. 
is healing attainable? Sometimes it's predetermined by our attitude, our attitude of faith. And where do we get this faith from? We get this faith from the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The more of the Word of God that you have in you, the more it wells up your faith to receive what God has for you. Isn't that exciting? You know, that's the, that's why this, this the Word of God is living. It's living because it, it can help us to, to do that. And can we actually see healing? Let me say this. You never know until you try. I, I'm, I'm in relationship with a couple uh, healing evangelists, some famous ones, some friends of mine. And one, one guy asked, you know, you ask, you know, he, he was asked the question, why do you see so many healed? Because he says, I pray for so many people. I've seen a lot more not healed than I've seen healed. But the fact of it is, I kept praying. I kept praying for him no matter what. This guy was this guy was a crazy man. He would go into villages and say, look. I believe everyone's going to get healed in this village. And if they don't, you can stone me as a false prophet. He walk in there, step out in faith, and God use them to do stupid, miraculous healings. People didn't understand it, you see. But he says, but he try, he'll do everything. He'll, he, he, you know, he'll have the, the Lord will have him do ridiculous things, you know, and he'll do it. And sometimes people don't get healed and he looks like a fool. But he sets himself out there, puts himself out there to believe God to, to heal. And you pray for enough people, somebody's going to get healed, don't you agree? <laughs> you know, you lay hands on people, you know, somebody's going to get healed, just got to believe God, got to pray, okay? And then, so do we actually seal it? Let me say this. Is everyone healed? Reality is no. So you think to yourself, why not if this is your kingdom? privilege or right. <clears throat> Please notice, I never said it was our right or privilege. It was just part of the kingdom provision. Okay? God has, has given us provision to receive healing. Not necessarily our right, okay? It's not necessarily our privilege, but it is part of what he wants to do in us. It's a part of his provision. You know, he's Jehovah Rapha, the God who is, is seen in us healing, okay? Now, sometimes i got to say that um, we are ultimately, we understand this, we are ultimately all healed, okay? There are sometimes the ultimate healing is going to heaven. You know, Paul says, you know, hey, look, if I live or if I die, me who lives Christ, dies gain, okay? i got to tell you something, folks. God doesn't look at things in years. He looks at things in days. But there is a scripture, interesting enough, that says this in, in Psalm 90.10. It says that we can expect to live to at least 70 years, and if by reason of strength, 80. Uh, I've noticed this, that all the actors and actresses and famous people, with all their money and their ability to prolong life, Maybe to go into this, what, what do you call that uh, science that uh, they freeze, you know, cryogenics. I, I knew Rob would know that. You know, he's, he's kind of a, you know, Star Wars geek and, you know, all that. I know. I know you, Rob. I know you. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, you know, um, but in spite of their ability to do all that, 
they still live in their 80s. Very, very few live into their 90s. Very, very few. Right? Paul Newman, health guru, he died at 83. Right? You understand, Jacqueline Lane, okay, he died at 96. Mr. Helton, you know, remember? You know? Okay, the point of it is, is that we all have our days numbers, right? We don't, we, you know, and it says in the psalm, it says, you can expect to live to 70 if you have a good life, and if by reason and strength, live to 80. Okay? Now, I'm not trying to bum you out here. I'm trying to think, you know, oh, wow, i got so much to do. <laughs> you know, I, but I'm, I'm telling you the fact that we, there's, there's a time that, you know, sometimes you get beyond healing, but, but the Lord is, is, is getting us ready for an embalming position. You know what I'm saying? So we spend our life getting ready for that. We spend our life, not only that, for, for the afterlife, what he's going to do in our afterlife. But sometimes it's a reminder of our humanity and our finiteness due to the fallen world that we're born into. It reminds us where we're at. We're almost done. And then there's sometimes, folks, that we don't use the wisdom God has given us with regards to temple maintenance. Okay, I'm, just, I'm throwing this one in. And because if... if Sometimes I've seen people, and I think we've become far too committed to synthetic drugs. Okay? And so sometimes we're ingesting things in our body that we have no business putting in there. But because a doctor, and doctors, by the way, are not gods. Okay? God is God. And the doctor is a doctor. You know why they call it practicing medicine? Because they're practicing on you. That's what they call it, practicing medicine. Now, I'm not saying if you have a certain medication, you must have. Okay? Yeah. But what I am saying is that sometimes many folks have, have gotten committed to that. I know some people in the inner city. I know they had a devil. I'm convinced they had a devil. I was ready to because I knew, and, and man, they, they were just bound. And so I tried to cast it out of them, but they were so medicated that, the, that the, they had the devil drugged up. You ever seen that before? I've seen people have devils drugged up, where the devil one manifest couldn't cast the couldn't cast the devil out of the person. You see. So the the point of it is here is that that sometimes we have to be careful. On Fox News, if you look at it, two out of every three commercials deal with drugs. Okay, I, I get it. Fox News deals with a certain demographic. And I'm in that demographic. <laughs> I just hit 55 here the, uh, uh, a couple weeks ago. Okay, Grandpa proud of it, the whole thing. Okay, I've done a little research, and I found that 100% of type 2 diabetes, 100%, can be cured or regulated through exercise and diet alone. 100%. Okay, I said all this to say, okay, there is kingdom provision, there is healing that God has for us, but there's also wisdom that he gives us to help us to stay healed. And this lady, I, I used to pastor in an urban area, and this, this lady, she was in our church, she's faithful, but I said, go pastor. Smoking a cigarette. I don't know why I'm so sick. <coughs> uh, I got I to go get me another Pepsi. 
you go down the store for me and give me another Pepsi. Okay? That's how she talked. It was, you know. And then she was on every kind of medication, you know. But all of those things were causing her more sickness. Did you see what I'm saying? So there's sometimes that there's wisdom. God gives us wisdom on what to do if we pray. I believe when you when you all are intercess, you're interceding together, that maybe God will give you a, a rhema word or a wisdom, a word of wisdom for somebody on what they need to do as far as a healing, a certain aspect of healing. Why not? Our God does that type of stuff. Don't you agree? Wisdom mixed with faith, faith always equals positive results, folks. We've got to move in the area of faith. So is healing accessible? Is healing attainable? Does God want you to be healed? Absolutely. Okay? Does it always happen? Not always. But ultimately, it will. And I'm believing that God wants to, to release healing virtue on this place tonight. So could we could we stand to wrap it up here? And um, I, I'm not going to lay hands on people, but I do believe that the Holy Spirit can do exactly what. So can you lift your hands and just ask the Lord to touch your body? <clears throat>